0: What is up, Level Up Nation, and welcome to the February 23rd edition of Level Up Live, your home for gaming and esports news, brought to you by OTN Media my name is fiasco you can call me john and i am joined as always by the king of the Courtside, the Courtside king soon to be the traveling king
1: joey what's up buddy <laughs> doing well sir as always i feel like it's been a longer week at work you and i trucking our way through i know you have close of month stuff coming up here soon and that's always a good time how as dare well. you how dare you bring that up i know we're getting yeah. there though you can feel the tension it's like a you can feel the vibration of it coming along um, the big footsteps of the end of the month closing. Um, but, yeah, overall, I, I mean, boss. it's been it's been an interesting week in game. <laughs> I'm going to ignore that. Uh, it's been an interesting <laughs> week in gaming overall. Uh, a lot of legal stuff going on. Obviously, this Microsoft Activision thing feels like it's been the headline for over a year at this point, uh, literally last January. Uh, so we just continue to truck along, this week being a bigger one with some updates on that front, so we'll touch those and break them down. On top of that, we have some big legendary people of the industry um one of them in particular the head of resident evil or the founder of resident evil the original creator of resident evil uh moving on from his current spot at tanker gameworks we have some other horror news on that front hogwarts legacy possibly getting a tv show a playstation say to play john and that is just the beginning the icing on this cake of news to come yeah it's uh it's a fun show
0: there there's a ton to cover here uh, today as well so nation before we even dive into that make sure you do your homework and that means you're following the show on social media that's on twitter and facebook at level up live as at lvl UP live and while you are on twitter make sure you follow joey at courtside king follow myself at fiasco if you're watching here live on twitch welcome this is the place to be you can see those handles right now on your screen uh below the mugshots you're currently looking at If you are listening to the podcast of the show later on down the road, check out the show notes. We'll have them down there for you as well. And Nation, while the live show on Twitch is the place to be, like we just said, we are available on podcast form as well. Check out the Level Up podcast available on your podcatcher of choice. And extra credit, as always, earn Joey's eternal love and affection by using your Amazon Prime Gaming sub or whatever the hell we're calling it this month on otn media today it's twitch.tv slash otn media use your prime sub today joey teased on it a little bit i don't know if we need to go over everything we're talking about again today uh so i think we could probably just skip over that and go right into the drink of choice joey the beverage for the last show for the month of february in the year of 2023
1: man i hate to be that i actually forgot to grab something so i have about half a water bottle here (laughs) so uh i will probably be parched by the end of this one Uh, Joey,
0: you and I can put our half water bottles together and create one full water bottle uh, for today's show because I also have a half bottle of water (laughs) because uh, I just got back from having uh, some amazing Mexican food and I had a margarita, Uh, so we're leaving it there. There you go. Uh, So my drink was before the show. It was a pre-game, pre-show beverage.
1: What do we call that, Taco Taco Thursdays?
0: I actually had fajita, so how about that?
1: Yeah. Fajita Friday, John. You're a little early on that one.
0: Uh, You're never too early for for, uh, Fajita Friday. I didn't realize that was a thing. Joey, we have our half bottles of water. Uh, We have our topics. Let's go ahead and kick this show off. Let's go again to gaming & Esports News presented by GamerBytes, Bite-sized gaming & Esports News delivered weekly directly to your inbox. Sign up today. Had that preloaded in chat. Check it out in the chat if you're here on Twitch, if you're on uh, the podcast uh, later on down the road. Show notes will have the link for you as
1: well. Sign up for Gamer Bites, Joey. Let's get into Gaming at Esports News. Let's go. Absolutely. Before we do, a big thank you to Squirkle again for subscribing. Tier one sub now at fifty one months. Squirkle has been around the OTN community for quite a while. Always very much glad to have him here in Twitch chat as well as on the Discord, uh, as well as jumping into games and lobbies with us. It's been a minute since we played together, but hopefully we'll get together and Squirkle can school us again here soon. What an
0: OG. Like seriously,
1: what an OG. He has been around for a minute. Absolutely love his presence in the community. With that being said, I know he's here for the gaming and esports news. So let's jump right in. Microsoft and Activision, John, again, it's been in the news. It's been in the news for quite a while. We try not to cover it every week because it feels like it's in the news every week. Uh, But eventually we do get those bigger pockets of news this week being one of them. They had the official EU commission hearing this week on 221, which I believe was Tuesday, if my math is correct. I think today's Thursday. Uh, Formal decision is due on April 11th, so about two months from now. A little less than two months, I guess, at this point. About a month and a half away, we will hear that formal hearing and what the EU Commission rules on that particular acquisition. But let's talk about the new news that came out of this week. The first one being Nintendo. We heard rumors of this before. It was offered before. Now it is a signed 10-year binding contract with Nintendo to bring Xbox games and Activision titles like Call of Duty to Nintendo gamers. Uh, A lot of questions about the statement. What does it mean, Xbox games and Activision titles like Call of Duty? Does that mean we're going to see Halo going to Nintendo Switch? It doesn't sound like that is the case, at least for now. With that being said, there are games over there, right? You have Minecraft is on Nintendo Switch. It's on PlayStation. Minecraft Dungeons is on both of those. Uh, We've seen Xbox exclusive games like Ori and the Will of the Wisp go over there as well. Uh, So I wouldn't be surprised if there are other games. Do I think Halo goes over there initially? Probably not. I'd love to send it over there. Um, But I do think we will see some other Xbox games eventually make their way. But the big statement here, especially with the regulators and Activision in mind, is Call of Duty. Uh, John, if you had a Switch, do you plan to play Call of Duty over there? Because to me, that doesn't sound like the most pleasant experience on the current Switch model. Uh,
0: No. And (laughs) look, there are some games that are built for your computer or for your console and to be played on a big screen. Call of Duty is one of those games. I'm, I'm sorry. That's I'm, I'm a boomer in that thought, apparently, because uh, mobile uh, FPS games are are hot. They pop off. I just For me, I would not play it on a Switch. It's not a selling point for me to buy a Switch. Why? Because I already own an Xbox. I own a PC. So everything I can get on a Switch with this 10-year deal, I can already get in two locations already. But for those Switch gamers out there, maybe... Um, you know, maybe you're a parent and you have a switch for your kid uh, and your kid is early teens and they're starting to maybe I'm not going to say you grow out of Nintendo games because I still do. I still do love me some Mario Kart. I still love me some Mario Party uh, and some of the Wii games are still fun to this day. Let's be real here. Um, so you don't really age out of Nintendo, but let's say you're looking to get into more intense games like Halo, like Call of Duty, like uh, Starfield. Uh, Games that are going to look better on TV because they're supposed to be graphically intense, not just, you know, souped up N64 models uh, put on a handheld. This is a great way to kind of ease gamers into that next age bracket, if you will, of gaming. Uh, I think it's a great deal. I think it's a massive win for Nintendo first off. I mean, geez, now you can play all of Nintendo's catalog on your Switch and now uh, a 10 year contract. Uh, with xbox uh, that if this deal goes through with activision blizzard you can possibly get a call of duty Uh, if world of warcraft does truly go to console you might be able to get that as well starcraft all these amazing titles Uh, heroes of the storm if that thing's still around there's so many great things that can happen now on the switch platform for the next decade it's a massive massive win for nintendo but it's also a massive win for Microsoft because this is just now an example that they're not looking to hide call of duty behind the the Xbox uh, console only, uh, like Sony is trying to say Microsoft is going to do if this deal goes through. This is a massive win for for Nintendo and a massive win for Microsoft in a completely different sense for the acquisition of acquisition uh, of, of acquisition of, of Activision. Blizzard, yeah, you try to say Activision and acquisition right back to back—that that is a tough one. Um, huge win, massive, massive win for both parties. Huge hit against Sony and their argument, centering this entire fight around Call of Duty's exclusivity in their mind to Xbox only took a massive hit.
1: Wow, John, I think you broke that down excellently. I mean, overall, that's the big thing, right? Like, Nintendo gamers get Call of Duty. Whether they're going to stray away from Mario Party and Zelda and everything to play it, who knows? Uh, But it is one of the most popular games in the world year over year. Call of Duty also massive sales, it feels like, in every market. On top of that, you mentioned the other big point on Microsoft's side. Does Microsoft care as much about those sales? Probably to some degree. But the bigger thing here is now this moves their acquisition forward. It says, hey, we've said we're going to give Call of Duty... We've written up these agreements, and now we're actually getting signed agreements coming back. Again, this is a 10-year binding contract with Nintendo. Uh, Nintendo has still not come out and said they fully support the deal, uh, but signing contracts like this and staying silent as an opposition, I think kind of shows that while they don't want to get super involved, they want to just be the Nintendo that coasts along, sells their product, increases the price after it's been out for a few years, and then sells it again a couple years later. It's just the Nintendo way. It's worked for decades, uh, and they'll continue to do it. But now they will do it alongside Call of Duty, once again, returning to the platform. And I could be wrong, Chap, but I believe this is the first time since the Wii that we see a Call of Duty game over there. Uh, again, assuming this deal goes through. Who knows if it actually happens if it doesn't. Uh, and on top of that, it will be same day as Xbox, so we're not going to see a delayed release. It will be the same day with full feature and content parity. Uh, Jeff Keeley asked about price parity. I think that was pure silliness. Yes, the price will be the same. The only difference being Xbox Game Pass. If they want it for free, if they want it for that Game Pass sub, they're going to have to put Game Pass on the Nintendo Switch. Do I see that happening? Probably not in the near future. Um, But that's the only way you'd get that full parity across subscription services as well. Okay, next up, the other big piece of news, and this one Sony was not happy about at all. Uh, NVIDIA and Microsoft have signed a 10-year agreement. They went into this commission with NVIDIA, uh, NVIDIA Nvidia, as a witness against Microsoft, stating that they were arguing on the side of cloud not being equal if this deal goes through for Microsoft. Well, uh, NVIDIA came out of this shaking hands and practically hugging Microsoft very tightly. Uh, they got a 10-year deal out of this one, including all Xbox PC games now coming to NVIDIA's GeForce Now service. Again, 10-year deal on this one as well and as we said earlier Sony is obviously not happy with this. Uh, Nvidia was kind of that number 2 backer with Sony alongside Google. Uh, Google has filed a few uh, a few uh, disclaimers or so coming on saying they don't support the deal and then in other markets they didn't say anything, but over in Europe and the UK specifically Google is one of those op- opposing factors or forces. Uh, Nvidia was pretty much right alongside Sony and I think every market, they went out there. Uh, and it wasn't that they strongly opposed the deal. I think they went in hoping they'd get something out of it. And they obviously did here. Uh, a 10-year agreement is huge. And on top of that, giving parity for all Xbox games across PC, for NVIDIA and Xbox. I mean, John, this this to me is even bigger than Nintendo. We knew the Nintendo one was coming. This one, I think, threw a lot of people off. They were not expecting this at all.
0: I, I need the Oprah meme of, of Oprah handing out L's. To Sony, you get an L, you get an L, you get an L. Sony's taking all the L's this week. Uh, it's absolutely insane. I mean, if you're Sony, you feel like you just caught your lover in bed with Microsoft. Uh, and I mean, if you're Joey, you're happy you're in bed with Microsoft. But uh, if you're Sony, you're not happy that NVIDIA flipped sides. I mean, it's like, you know, it's, it, I, it's absolutely insane. Uh, it, it's such a massive flop. Uh, of sides for Nvidia, uh, who has partnered with Sony, which feels like for freaking ever. Now, all of a sudden, uh, you know, in, in the battle of cloud gaming, which a lot of people are recognizing is as the future of video games going forward, recognizes the strength and uh, market position of Microsoft and the Game Pass and the popularity of it and sees the numbers. I mean, again, we'll bring it up in uh, this. Affects Sony directly. Take a look at MLB The Show. It has sold incredibly well, if you will, from a player standpoint, from people downloading on the Xbox Game Pass. They've increased sales. I mean, Joey, you and I have talked about it before. We spend more money on a game that we don't have to pay $60, $70 for every year. Uh, You know, who knows? Maybe we're, you know, a thousand stubs short of getting an item in game or getting a card for our diamond team. Um, and it's just easier to pay the $2. Yeah, I'll pay the $2. Why? Because I didn't drop 70 on the base game to begin with. Uh, it's easier to justify making those payments, and then your microtransactions increase and so on and so forth. NVIDIA recognizes that. This is a great deal for both parties and a massive slap in the face to Sony. Joey, it's it's a brutal day to be a Sony fanboy uh, with all this news coming out this week.
1: Yeah, it has been a little rough on the Sony front. Uh, And they're still opposing this very strongly. One of the comical moments that came out in the press conference after the hearing, uh, the hearing was behind closed doors, but the press conference opened to the public or at least related press afterwards. We saw the president of Microsoft or one of the presidents over there come out and hold up the 10 year contract that was offered to Sony. Uh, Obviously, Sony did not sign it. They are sticking to their guns for now. I do think they'll come around at some point and sign some kind of deal uh, if this does look like it is going to proceed and be allowed through uh, with the EU, the UK, CMA, and eventually the FTC. But I think they are going to wait it out, try to see what kind of concessions they can get from it outside of just that 10-year agreement, and then kind of play their cards as they come. Uh, With that being said, here is how the parties now align. In the four category for the deal going through, we have Microsoft, Activision, EA, Take-Two, Valve, NVIDIA, NVIDIA. Tencent, the largest EU's worker union, and the largest U.S. workers union. Against it, we have Sony in all markets and Google in select markets. Believed to be in favor, but not publicly in favor. Again, they did just sign a 10-year deal, but they haven't come out and said they supported the deal, and that is Nintendo. And then not opposed to the deal is all other major publishers. That's your Konami, your Sega, your Square Enix. None of them have come out and made a statement on the deal. So for now, we're going to say they're not for it. They're not against it. They're just not opposed to it uh, because they have not written in any opposition as of yet. So overall, John, again, we're kind of looking at the bigger regulatory bodies here with the EU, the CMA for the UK, as well as the FTC for the US. They're still biting things out. They have concessions that might need to be made to fulfill their asks or whatever they may be at this point because they are kind of shifting here and there. Um, But overall, at least with the games publisher side of things, it does seem like most support this deal at this point. Okay, anything else to say on Activision Microsoft? Again, we don't want to spend the whole show talking about this. Uh, It's been a good juicy 10 minutes there, kind of catching you guys up to speed. The next date for the EU, again, is going to be, I think it was April 14th, April 11th. So that's when we'll hear the decision on the hearing that was this past week, or earlier this week, rather. Uh, And then from there, we still have some other dates for the FTC coming up, as well as the UK CMA. So we'll bring those as they come out. Uh, But for now, it's still not the prettiest situation. Sony and Microsoft still kind of working through uh, their issues on the front of Call of Duty and vice versa. And then on top of that, what the commissions end up deciding could easily sway the way things play out as well. So we'll keep you guys up to date as new information comes in. But Nation, just real quick,
0: it it is a sad week for the Sony fanboy out there. So, So do me a favor. If you know a Sony fanboy or you come across one in the wild... Give them a hug. They're going to need it this week. It's a very, very brutal week, and they're going to need the hug. They're going to need the love and affection. Give them a hug and tell them it will be okay. Call of Duty will still be available on PlayStation.
1: Yeah, it will. I mean, regardless of a deal is signed or not, Call of Duty will be on PlayStation. It sells way too well. Microsoft has made that very clear. I mean, even the commissions have made that very clear, which, in my opinion, argues in favor of this deal going through. Uh, But overall, yes, it will still be there, as John said. On top of that, they got a state of play today, which we'll be touching on a little bit later in the show. Next up, and one we're not going to spend a ton of time on, Tango Gameworks founder, studio head, and industry legend Shinji Mikami is set to leave the studio after 12 years with the developer. This comes on the heels of a very successful launch from one of his protégés over there in Hi-Fi Rush, and it is a project helmed by others at the studio. So his protégé over there, John Johonas, kind of taking the lead on that project. On top of that, it's kind of a segmented team from the other one that was working on some of the other games uh, that we've seen come out of that studio before. Um, Overall, John, I think this is just it's something that happens very often in Japan and really throughout the world. Um, But Japan seems to make a bigger ordeal of it. And that is kind of allowing the younger generation to make their way forward in the industry. And I think that's mainly what we're seeing here. Now, whether Mikami retires or whether Mikami ends up going on to a different company, uh, I do think he probably still has some design direction left in him, whether that's as a consultant or a heads-on lead designer. Uh, I do like the fact he is noticing the talent at Tango Gameworks saying, hey, I'm not going to hold you guys back. I've obviously had my spotlight with games like Resident Evil, The Evil Within from Tango Gameworks itself. Uh, Recently, Ghostwire Tokyo, another project of his. I think this is purely him making room for new people to come through, knowing that the studio is in a good place, especially after Hi-Fi Rush launched to so much praise, uh, acclaim, and really great ratings as well all around. You know, Joey, that is a practice
0: I wish we would adopt here in certain uh, realms of, of business or career paths in this country. Uh, Having the older generation not to be ageist or anything, but to recognize their time is up, there's younger talent coming up, and to get out of the way. I'm talking to all of you 80 plus year old politicians, and talking Mm. to all of you 90 plus year old CEOs that are just, you know, penny pinching and just being weirdos out there. Get out of the way, give some money to the people who need it. Uh, Like everyone under the age of 40 making still 30K or less a year. Uh, what was, I believe uh, the last uh, say is uh, uh, was close to over 60% of the American population is making less than 40 a year. Yeah, so do me a favor. Just get out of the way. Let people move up in, in these companies. Get out of politics. Let the younger people take over, uh, and and we'll go for there. It's as simple as that. Just let's adopt that going
1: forward. I mean, it really is a good thing, and it just shows, it like right? You feel like you're leaving the company in a good spot. He feels like it'll continue on, and now he has proof of it with HiFi Rush doing so well. It just shows that the studio is full of talent and that talent is taking things in a different direction where that studio was purely really just rooted in horror with stuff like The Evil Within, which again is not a bad thing. Horror games definitely have their place, but I think now it's allowing some of the legs to grow out a bit more for it to take root in some of these other genres. Like again, if you guys haven't played Hi-Fi Rush, I still think it's probably my game of the year at the moment. Now, will that stand? Probably not. I mean, you have Spider-Man 2, you have Starfield, you have Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. All of those three will probably surpass it. But with some of the games out there right now, even Hogwarts Legacy, I would place Hi-Fi Rush above that with just... That game did so many things right, and there are so few bugs in that game. Probably the fewest bugs I've seen in a game in almost a decade at this point, which is just insane to me. Uh, So really, really good stuff over there. Check that one out if you have PC and Xbox. Maybe that's even one of those Xbox games that comes to Switch at some point. Uh, It will be coming to NVIDIA apparently as well, so... We'll keep an eye on that one. But, yes, Shinji moving on. Again, don't know if he's fully retiring or if he's going into another studio or what he's going to do, but it does seem like over the next couple months he will be making his way out of Tango Gameworks. Next up, and flipping back to that horror genre, we have horror movie production company uh, firm, rather, Blumhouse. They are jumping into gaming, John. Uh, You and I, huge horror fans, uh, absolutely love being scared of everything. Um I probably would play horror games with my lights on if I played them at all. Um, But they are known for films like Paranormal Activity, Get Out, and most recently Megan, the hit film in theaters, I believe, a couple months ago. Uh, This one is going to feature original horror-themed games for console, PC, and mobile audiences. Now, just one disclaimer here. It is going to be a bit of a smaller budget coming out initially, Blumhouse will not be developing directly, but they'll be acting as a publisher, working with some indie studios to get projects out there that are somewhere below $10 million. So again, we're not looking at big AAA games like your Zelda, like your Starfield, like your Hogwarts Legacy. We're looking at stuff that is much, much smaller. Uh, but Hi-Fi Rush was a smaller budget game, and it's doing phenomenally well, and a lot of Game of the Year lists as well. So overall, there could be some really big projects coming out of this, but to set those expectations a little bit grounded as they kick things off anything else on the horror genre or blumhouse have you watched any of their movies i've seen paranormal activity but i don't know if i've seen any of the other ones i've seen paranormal
0: activity i heard megan was really good um i may give that one a shot even though like you said uh she looks not like a, a creepy
1: mess. american girl doll to me first off all american girl dolls
0: are creepy i mean you're um, not wrong yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: So we'll keep an eye on the old horror genre again. You probably won't see any reviews from John and I on that one, but we'll keep an eye on the news for you guys at the very least. <laughs> okay,
0: r- real quick. this I have to read this random text message I just got from one of my friends. Uh, hey, man, I need somewhere to sleep after telling my wife Ravenclaw is just hot topic Huff- uh, Hufflepuff.
1: Wow. Uh, so, yeah.
0: So that was just random as hell, and I loved it. I thought it was absolutely hysterical. So, yes, there you go. I'm uh, so
1: sad your friend lacks intelligence. I mean,
0: Squirkle's 100% is not wrong. Okay, you
1: know I mean? Squirkle, You better really chill over is. there. <laughs> okay, people. Uh, let's not make that comparison. Uh, not here on the show, but Hogwarts. That's a great segue, John. Uh, we'll go right into the next rumor of the week, and that is a Hogwarts Legacy TV show is reportedly in development at HBO Max. Uh, this is one I have not heard much news on at all. And overall, we do know there are a lot of games being adapted to movies and TV. I think my count with announced and unannounced ones I've heard of is somewhere near 80-something in development at the moment, which is absolutely absurd. The Last of Us doing absolute numbers across the board, uh, really comparing with any TV and any movie of the date at this point, uh, just with the success as far as ratings go. As far as viewership numbers go, it's some of the biggest stuff HBO has put out outside of Game of Thrones itself. Uh, So we're seeing some really big numbers and some other big projects in the works. Uh, Fallout and Elder Scrolls are the two I always put up there with The Last of Us. I have high expectations for those. You have Gears of War. You have other ones that did great numbers, but were not the greatest of shows, like Halo over on Paramount, Um, but it is something that we continue to see develop. Some are flops, some are great successes, uh, and some, who knows what'll come with some of these other IPs like Mass Effect, uh, the bigger IPs like that when they do eventually jump in to TV series and movies. Uh, With that being said, you and I have both dabbled with Hogwarts Legacy. We both have followed Hogwarts, the story originally, uh, with the books and movies when they originally came out. What are your thoughts on Hogwarts legacy uh, being adapted in some way to a TV show here at HBO? So we're
0: going to put all the controversy aside at the moment and just talk about the IP in itself. I think the one thing the Harry Potter fandom has wanted since, you know, there's no more books, there's no more movies coming out. Um, a lot of people are not happy with the direction of fantastic beasts, rightfully so. Um, they're looking for other ways to expand that IP in that universe, to, to continue that story. And I feel like Hogwarts Legacy is a good step in, the, in that direction because, one, it takes place way before the original story. Uh, and there's not really a whole lot of information. Like The only thing we really know from the books, from the movies, is the story of Tom Riddle and a little bit here and there dabbling uh, based on you know, what those movies and books tell us through the eyes of the journey of Harry Potter throughout his time at Hogwarts. So there's so much that you can actually dive into and in different stories you can explore. Um, so, I mean, from a fan of the story of Harry Potter and that universe that we grew up with as, uh, you know, as a millennial generation, as kids, um, I, I'm, I would welcome the idea of more Harry Potter multimedia to watch now again with that being said um if there is a way we can do it without jk rowling get a single penny of it that would be even better uh because outside of harry potter her personal takes are hot fiery trash garbage um there needs to be a better way i, I would love warner brothers to just buy out the rights to harry potter and just call it a kind of like what disney did uh with star wars from george lucas just buy it out and just get her out of there uh, so we'll 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 see what happens with that. But but yeah, I, I personally think that more Harry Potter content is what Harry Potter fans want. Uh, again, that caveat being J.K. Rowling. So, uh, yeah, there's that.
1: I think there's a new movie in the works as well. I don't know if it's been publicly announced, but uh, there's been whispers of a new Harry Potter movie in the works as well. I think it'll be on The Last Child, that book that kind of came out in the format of a play. But again, this is a game show, so we'll jump back to the game itself. Um, yeah, I think the TV series has potential. Squirkle in chat also mentions wanting darker areas explored. Kind of, they touch on it a bit later on in the books uh, and in the later movies, but we really haven't dove that hard into the deeper, darker side of things. I think with this being an HBO show, that opens up a lot of that. Uh, HBO has shown they're not afraid to jump into stuff that is more grotesque, that is more dark, that is more... Uh, alarming, I guess, is a good way to put it. And I think that's something that we've seen a little bit of Hogwarts Legacy touch on. While it's not a fully mature game in certain areas, I do feel like HBO will ramp up some of that maturity, um, potentially touching on some more of those darker themes overall. Uh, Because they are present there, and there's ability to expand on them. And I think that's the biggest thing. Like, one of the things we always argue with these TV series... Are we going to get something that supplements the games? Are we going to get something that copies the games and adapts them? Are we going to get something that copies them directly? And we've kind of seen a little bit of all of those sorts come out. I think The Last of Us did a good job of kind of copying most of the game, but then changing little things here and there, as well as some bigger things, expanding on a few stories that really weren't touched on as much in the game. And I think that's a very clean way of doing it. Uh, I don't like how certain ones, again, the Halo show was just terrible, and I think it's a good one to bring up because it alienated so many fans. While the viewership was great up front and it did phenomenal numbers for Paramount+, Plus, it alienated some people, and I guarantee those numbers dwindled so heavily as the season went on because they expanded way away from the lore. And it wasn't something that they deeply enriched in the roar and then kind of went to other I guess, other groups or other segments, right? Like that's one thing we've talked about. If you want to do something rooted in the lore and then you can kind of take it off from that main protagonist, which is a direction they could have taken. They decided to add in this whole nother team alongside the protagonist and then take it completely out of the lore, uh, which ended up just being a giant mess. So I think that's the thing where a lot of these companies need to pay attention to. Like don't alienate the fan base, stick with the lore. And then from there you can spin it off or you can make little adjustments here and there, but it still needs to be rooted in that lore overall.
0: Agreed. Root it in the lore. Um, use this the success of the video game as an idea of where you want to go, and that's what we're seeing with HBO Max reportedly in development with it. Um, and the other takeaway is that Ravenclaw is Hot Topic Hufflepuff. Uh, so with that, uh, Joe, I think I think we're good to move I'm going to
1: flap my Ravenclaw wings here in a minute. Um, but first, let's take some <laughs> flight over to PlayStation. We had a PlayStation State to play today. Unfortunately, neither of us got to watch it because it was inconveniently timed right at the end of our work days as we were working our commutes back home. But we do have some of the news to touch on just based on things we've read about it afterwards. First and foremost, the big showcase effect here was 15 minutes of the new Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. We got to look at some more gameplay of that game. And John, the rulings are in. A lot of people are not excited for this game. Uh, This is one that is from a pretty good studio in Rocksteady, known for their Batman games, known for that really fluid combat. Uh, Unfortunately, this game just getting a lot of hate Uh, A lot of people not liking the way the combat looks, thinking things are certain lackluster in areas. Uh, It is supposed to be kind of a co-op game that you play alongside three other friends, or at least that is an option to be the style of play. Overall, uh, um... I don't think it's the worst looking game, but it kind of gives me those Gotham Knights vibes where it's something that I feel like is lacking in areas where it's not maybe as polished as it could be even through the delays where it feels like the story might be there, but the gameplay itself still needs a little bit of a brush up. Uh, I'm kind of on the fence with this one. This to me is kind of like a game pass PS plus game, or maybe a discount ba- game later. Again, I really wanted it to succeed, but I just, I think this one's headed to flop territory at launch. you know, I-, I don't, I don't get what it is with DC games, but
0: I honestly cannot name more than maybe two dc games that weren't bad uh there's a lot of hype around it. i mean gotham knight's joy I, I fell into the hype as well the reviews came out the gameplay came out it, it didn't look all that great the graphics didn't even look that great for the current generation for the current technology that we have available not just in pcs but in con- in uh, console gaming as well for whatever reason dc just keeps missing the mark and i don't and I don't know why I, I, I re- may, are they just going to the wrong studios? Are they trying to develop um, a game around something that maybe DC fans aren't thrilled about? I don't know. Cause like when you watch DC content on HBO max, whether you're watching Titans, whether you're watching peacemaker, that's, that's good entertainment. That is good. Multimedia. It, it makes for a good TV series. The movies don't really stack up that well against Marvel. Uh, you can kind of make the same argument for Marvel versus DC and TV shows also. But I would argue DC tends to be a little bit more darker, uh, justifying the reason why it's on HBO is because they can get away with a little bit more intense and, and, and graphic storylines versus Disney+. Uh, so I, I don't know. I, I, I want this game to do well. I want DC to to thrive and have a healthy competition with Marvel in the 21st century. But it's very frustrating uh, when we see games like this come out and the fight mechanics. You can just watch it and you scratch your head and you go, you spent all this time on this game, all this money on this game, delaying this game. And this is still the current state of the game or was the current state of the game uh, to the point where you feel comfortable enough showing it to the public. It, It just doesn't make sense why DC keeps doing things like this.
1: I mean, I do feel bad for them in a sense, right? Like, they've been tossed around recently. Like, AT&T spun them off. Then they have this Discovery situation. Discovery is like, hey, everyone, would anyone buy these studios? And we had, like, bids from Microsoft and Sony and Google and Amazon and all these companies... A lot of those undisclosed, but we can kind of assume that they were involved here. Uh, We're making bids on the studios, so all these people are like, hey, are we even going to be working by the same company? And then on top of that, you have like the James Gunn DC stuff going on and DC kind of rewriting their overall structure for their approach of TV shows and movies. So I don't want to say it's had a giant impact on these games, but as a developer, I mean, I got to be like, what is even the future? Like, what does the next month look like? Everything continues to be spun. All these games are being canceled left and right. Our game here has been delayed multiple times. Uh, so it just feels like almost like they're in a little bit of a muck. They just don't really know 100% what's going on. Now, I don't want to defend them in coming out with a game that doesn't look great because not every game is going to be hit or miss, right? But overall, I feel like that had to have contributed to some degree, just the uneasiness as we saw developers kind of, it was a revolving door for a little while with some of them leaving, some new ones coming. And that's a thing throughout the industry, but I think it was a little bit more heightened here at Warner Brothers Game Studios. Um yeah, with that being said, I, again, I don't think this is a day one buy for me. I think this one will probably, uh, I would bet against this one uh, if I was shorting the game stocks per se. This would be the one I would look at shorting. Uh, I do think for a AAA game, it's not going to quite sell what they want it to. But I do think it'll sign a deal probably soon on to either go to Game Bass or to go to PS Plus, And then eventually it will pull in some player numbers uh, similar to what we saw with Marvel's Avengers.
0: Yeah, and, and I feel like even with Marvel's Avengers, there's, there's issues with that game also. Uh, that may or may not be corrected with the DLC that came out along that lifespan of advent- uh, adventures as well. But um, my issue is, is that like e- even in the cutscene we're watching right now on Twitch, uh, when Harley Quinn opened up the shipping container, the textures did not look good. The guy inside the container, when he was standing up, looked like. A PlayStation One model of a character trying to stand up—it was blocky. It didn't look good, and that's a cutscene. That—that is a cinematic cutscene of an in-game moment. Those are usually the most polished things ever. When you take a look at Blizzard and World of Warcraft, their cutscenes are absolutely insane. They put time and effort into those cutscenes. They look very different than the in-game graphics. I just—it—it's it, things like that that makes you scratch your head and go. Why even bother? Like, why even bother make this a cutscene if you're not going to put the time and effort into it? Again, it's obviously not the final product, but they're showing it off for a reason. They're showing it off on a PlayStation 5, so this is what we can tend to assume the game is going to trend looking like. Uh, so, cool moments in here. You know, the, the, the zoom in on the faces, the textures look great, but the overall, so far, from what we've seen, I, I'm, I'm not impressed with it right now.
1: Yeah, I think it definitely leaves a lot to be desired, and it seems to be the uh, organized opinion of a lot of different journalists and gamers out there who do YouTube videos and such as content creators. Uh, A lot of people were hoping to kind of go into this. They were feeling lackluster about it initially and then hoping it was going to turn their opinion around with this latest 15-minute update. But unfortunately, it does not look like it has done that. Uh, If anything, it's pushed them a little bit further away. So we'll keep an eye on how that ends up dropping when it eventually does come out and what those reviews look like. Uh, But for now, it seems like to uh, hamper those expectations a little bit, or temper them, rather next up we have a few of the games we're going to touch on here again it's kind of i don't want to say it was a super lackluster showcase but it definitely was missing a few of those gems that usually stick out in these playstation showcases uh for those on the discord i did tell you to kind of lower expectations ahead of time i I heard it was going to be pretty vr heavy with not too many bangers involved Um, but we did have some cool stuff like destiny 2 first we're gonna hit on humanity though this is from the team behind tetris effect john we can go ahead and play this demo uh It is an interesting-looking game, uh, Humanity kind of being one of the highlight indie games, per se, of this particular showcase. Uh, Overall, John, I mean, this is just a very weird-looking game. Uh, It's kind of a follow game. You play as a dog, I believe as a Shiba Inu, if I remember correctly, uh, kind of leading the way of these people in this puzzle-like game. Uh, It's definitely one that doesn't stick out to me that much, um, but it is one of the ones being talked about on socials quite a bit. So you are literally a sheep herding dog, but you're
0: herding people instead of
1: sheep. More or less. And I think you look like some kind of celestial element of a dog. This, look, I'm going to piss a lot of people off with this. I don't (laughs) care.
0: This is as dumb as Power Wash Simulator is. Okay, whoa, wow. What's the point? You are sheep herding people. I just, why? Why? why why is that a game what why is power wash simulator a game why are you paying money to play any of those games i just look okay cool okay oh whoa they have lightsabers in this and there's (laughs) lightsabers i'm retracting that example now this is what happens when we don't watch this before the show that looks badass that looks really badass now
1: hey this thing is quite trippy wow Oh, and It looks like you can build
0: your own levels too. Like look, look at look at this. See, this has gotten so much better in my in my forty five to a minute rant here. Uh, it this is great. I like with this optional
1: style. VR as well, John, for the original and the VR I too.
0: Could care less about VR because why? Because it's still too expensive uh, to hop in, and it's still not worth it, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, humanity. Uh, I want to be a sheep herding digital dog, uh, moving people around with lightsabers.
1: Wow, bark bark boomer. You love to hear it. Um, but yeah, if you guys want to check that one out, Humanity, May 2023. <laughs> uh, Squircle, <don't>,
0: do <laughs> not call me out like that.
1: <laughs> oh, hey, Siri wants to talk about the weather, apparently. Um, outside of that, speaking of weather, Destiny 2 Lightfall. Quite a bit of weather going on there, Guardians. Uh, John, this was probably the highlight of the showcase in a lot of people's minds. Destiny 2, the new expansion, Lightfall, is set to drop later this month on February 28th. Uh, The Traveler, as you guys know, is that big giant ball in the sky. Always involved in these new expansions with different aspects to it overall. We do have a new look at Destiny 2. Uh, John, I know you have a little bit of a a slight toward Destiny, per se, uh, from Destiny 1. They didn't treat you quite as well as you were hoping. And you haven't dove into Destiny 2, but it is continuing to go on strong. After a little bit of a rocky launch initially, it seems like they found their footing consistent updates back-to-back with the Witch Queen last year and now Lightfall, ready to kick off this February.
0: Cool. Great. When's Destiny 3 coming out? Before the game that was never supposed to have more than one original Destiny with a bunch of expansion packs like World of Warcraft. When's Destiny 3 coming out?
1: I mean, I hate to be that guy, but there probably will be a Destiny 3 at some yeah. point. I mean...
0: I... <sighs> yeah.
1: Anything else to say on Destiny Lightfall? I mean, overall, no. I think... The vibrant colors are something that definitely stick out to me in the trailer. It seems very, I don't want to say 70s-esque, but it definitely has some of those bright neons going on, a little Vegas strip action. Uh, But on top of that, some new baddies involved, some nice explosions, as you see here on the trailer as well. Uh, I think Destiny, again, does a very good job with these. They continue to expand the story while kind of mixing in new mechanics and changing the way old mechanics work all in one package, Uh, something that some other MMOs have not done the cleanest job with. I feel like Destiny, again, has kind of found their footing with that, and they are uh overhauling some old systems that needed an update with this new expansion on top of that again continue to bridge forth that story bringing in new elements bringing in new characters and bringing in new guns cosmetics and the like um, overall i mean i think the launch trailer looks pretty solid
0: who the hell is this guy that has smoke coming out of his head and that and that is a ripoff of the death star i don't care what you say <laughs> um who's this dude with smoke coming out of his head
1: I mean, I have not kept up with I, Destiny as well. I tried to play the Witch Queen, and it wouldn't. It stopped updating at one point. So I had issues with it, and Bungie was taking too long to get back. So now it's just kind of sitting in my stockpile. Um, but overall, yeah, I mean, this one looks good. It, it, I'm tempted to dive back in, but MMOs always scare me. <laughs> and it's just tough to keep up with some MMOs. I feel like there's just a lot to
0: them. <laughs> Gen- I saw that. I'm planning to ignore commenting that. commenting games that had pandas to it. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) Matt
1: and our Ravenclaw fan over here comment oh yeah
0: I mean Ravenclaw's. you know like we said hot topics Hufflepuff Mm, congratulations oh my
1: gosh love it love it yeah John you and your pandas and wow Pandaria action Uh, I know I'll tell you what my
0: pan Uh, Joey the the only time I ever played a Pandarian was like the like the 30 seconds you dabbled with World of Warcraft and that (laughs) was it I've never gone back to that character I have no desire to go back to that character at all uh,
1: it was yeah. good times though we had some little hot pot in that little Pandaren restaurant uh, I did a dungeon or two it went alright and that was about it you literally played for 30 seconds okay that even. is not true I played for like 30 days for the record yeah because um, you bought the subscription for one month and then you never came back that's true I think I still have a WoW token and if anyone wants it <laughs> adding I characters, you never use good stuff.
0: I have other characters just the Pandarian's not one I'm interested in playing in right now mm-hmm. I have a Drakthyr I'm playing so how about that the there you go fly. does
1: he eat like, bamboo uh,
0: that's what i thought
1: it, it sets it on fire speaking of fires goodbye volcano high uh, this was another indie game that came out uh, one we're not going to touch on too much because this creepy looking character at the beginning scares we're me a little showing bit. it um, but yeah i don't really know too much about this game either to be completely honest graduating high school is like the end of the world this is the description on the verge uh the ex- exploits of fang and their Saurian and pals as they navigate an uncertain future in the closing days of high school so kind of it sounds like a slice of life game m- working your way out of high school into the next stages for these creatures and such
0: joy this is right up your alley
1: no this is absolutely not this is 100 percent up your alley you know whose alley this is up T spans if he's still T-span, in chat. It's This T-spans is definitely game. a T spans game.
0: It is one hundred percent a T spans game. Like this is going to be T spans next like profile picture on Discord. Uh, whatever this smoking raptor bird drummer looking <laughs> person is, uh, Joey, you're going to play this. You're going to. I this. will not I, play this,
1: but T spans. I, I like your thought of him making a profile picture out of that. I think that is a bet I would be willing to take.
0: What is okay? Hold on.
1: Oh, and it's a rhythm game. Oh, this it is, is a, so yeah. T-Spans.
0: This is this is T-Spans like to a T. T <laughs> yeah.
1: I was trying to avoid saying that. <laughs> I know, but, but I had to fill yeah. it in for you.
0: Yeah, th- this is definitely a T-Spans game.
1: <laughs> 100%. Oh my gosh. Uh, let's see. Touching on a couple other one of these. The other one that I think pulled in the second highest impressions outside of Destiny was Baldur's Gate 3. Uh, This is a game that a lot of people have been looking forward to for quite a while now there is one thing that's a little bit of a question mark out there some are saying this is a PlayStation exclusive for one year others are saying it is coming to Xbox on launch as well we don't know which of those is the case because it doesn't seem like anything is reporting the same way it's kind of mixed throughout Um, but we do know it's coming to PC and we do know it's coming to PlayStation 5 both of those are set for an August 31st launch of this year. For Xbox, it could be this year, it could be next year. I uh, don't really 100% know that, so we don't have confirmation on that front as of yet. Uh, but John, did you ever play the original or the second Baldur's Gate? I did not. I don't think I ever got into them, but I know it is one of those kind of legendary franchises that the industry has looked at many, many times before.
0: Yeah, I have not. Um, I've had friends that played it. It's it's not a game that ever got my attention enough to, to, to play it, but it does look great. Don't get me wrong. Like i like watching it right now, seeing the gameplay and everything. It literally looks like a D and D game. Like like when you play D and D with your friends right. like in a campaign, it looks like that just in a video game form. Uh, yeah, I like. it. I think it looks cool. Um, the hype around it is is there for a reason. It's it's a franchise that's lasted years. So so yeah, I think it's cool. I think it's a good thing. And the people who enjoy uh, Baldur's Gate is gonna enjoy the third uh, rendition of it as well.
1: Yeah, it definitely looks like a good one for that particular genre. It reminds me a lot of like Divinity or Divinity 2, if anyone's played that. Very, very similar vein of a game Uh, with its own lore behind that. It does kind of break away from where those are based in Dungeons and Dragons a little bit more heavily. This one does break away, has its own lore to go alongside it. But like John said, very similar systems, very similar approach to the game style as well. Uh, Other than that, I mean, there's a couple other games. Again, we're not going to dive into all these. Uh, Takaya is another one. Naruto Boruto was also showcased uh, for those fighting game fans. And then Street Fighter VI, also the creme de la crop for those Street Fighter or fighter fans just in general, the fighting game community. Uh, And there were a few other games mixed in here and there with a little bit more of that VR flair with the psvr launching this month as well uh it sounds like the launch titles initially were set around 20 to 30 it does look like those launch titles for psvr 2 for this month in particular uh, are going to surpass 40 games uh so for those looking to jump into a psvr 2 unit it seems like you'll have plenty to play at launch as well as many games planning to come out later this year and the years to come anything else to say on the state of play john again unfortunately Both you and I missed it when it was live this afternoon due to the timing of it. Um, But overall, it seems like, uh, again, I I hate saying lackluster, but it definitely did not exceed expectations, and in many cases were below those expectations of many gamers out there outside of a few indies that stuck out. Stuff like Destiny 2 that obviously made an impact ahead of launch, and then Baldur's Gate 3 for those industry veterans as well. Next up, a couple quick highlights before we dive into some esports news and then wrap up today's show. Those quick highlights include Elden Ring, the Game of the Year award winner for most Game Game of the Year awards at many different shows throughout, including Jeff Keighley's big one in December. It has been out just over a year at this point, John, and they have announced that they have eclipsed 20 million copies sold. Uh, obviously, wow. one of the biggest games of the generation since the PS5 and Xbox Series X and S launched. Uh, this one doing phenomenal numbers and absolutely outpacing by a massive margin. The Souls genre in particular, I believe Dark Souls 3, was the highest seller of that genre before now Souls-like really being moved forward uh, even to a whole nother degree with Elden Ring bringing in so many new people uh, to this world that was also created by George R.R. R. Martin uh, many know him from Game of Thrones kind of creating the own lore of this game developing the background and then develop a legendary studio over there and from software uh, if you guys haven't played it it is a hell of a punishing game uh, if you guys don't like very hard games where you're going to die over and over and have to memorize a bunch of patterns this is not one for you um, but it is definitely a game that even just touching the controller for 10 20 minutes uh, you'll feel kind of the legendary aspect of it and how big of a game it truly is Then we have No Man's Sky for those looking forward to Starfield. Well, hey, you can wait around a little bit more with some of these many games out there that are in space. Uh, You have Star Citizen, you have No Man's Sky, which continues to add updates. The most recent update is Fractal. Uh, John Fractal, again, it feels like this game just... After a rocky launch, they kind of landed on a rocky planet, per se. They've found some nice Utopians full of grassy player counts. Ahead, we have a new Utopia Expedition here, a new Speeder Ship 12-gauge ship garage, or 12-ship garage, rather. Uh, PSVR 2 is now supported as well. They have a new Wonders catalog involved, some gyro controls. You can use your left hand, so left hand up over there for pot of luck. Uh, HDR revamp, huge VR overhaul, and much, much more. Uh, again, John, this is the game that... If you want to look at games in a special, in particular, a single player genre where they're kind of mainly single player focused, but looking to kind of bring that live service aspect to things, I think No Man's Sky, you don't need to look any further, even with it being such a vast game in and of itself. Uh, they continue to put out quality updates. They continue to make their player base happy over and over. And it feels like it's just endless updates at this point. It feels like this game could go on for many, many years with the updates they just continue to pour into it. Uh, it still looks gorgeous. It still plays great. And again, the quality of life just continues to increase every single patch. Next up is a game you and I spent quite a bit of time in in Mexico, and that is Forza Horizon 5. They are launching their next expansion, the Rally Adventure. Uh, I'm not the biggest Rally Adventure guy. I kind of wanted something a little bit more fantasy-like. I mean, we've seen some really cool expansions from them in the past. And I thought Hot Wheels was good. I didn't think it was great. I think it introduced some really fun tracks, like the Log Flume track is absolutely lit, uh, or I guess splashy, uh, depending how you look at it. Um, but overall, I feel like they've done a good job kind of adding in these new tracks, adding in these new environments. And while I think this one is going to be phenomenal and it looks really good and graphically it's probably going to be insanely good, I did want something a little bit more fantasy-esque, something a little bit more out there. Uh, with that being said, I mean, this just, for a actual photorealistic per se game, I think this one's going to be a very, very good touch to it. Uh, Adding in those rally cars, adding in these new environments and uh, much more dirt all around, it feels like, as well. Yeah, I loved it. Um,
0: You know, Forza Horizon um, dabbled with it, like you said, in Mexico uh, with uh, their last game that came out. Uh, But Forza Horizon 5, um, I I love the idea of of the rally cars i i I think it's great uh there's one of the things that gran turismo did well uh on the playstation side uh for racing games so it's definitely something that makes me feel a little bit more at home Uh, I, i i love rally cars i think they're a lot of fun to watch um it's one of the handful of forms of racing that is actually fun to watch on tv also Uh, because the, the challenge is one, you're not going around in a circle 500 times. Um, but you're, you're, you're changing different, uh, you know, uh, roads, you're going from dirt to water, to asphalt, to, to concrete, and you're switching all between all between you're going to do that in this game also. And your car is going to handle differently. It's going to be a challenge. It's going to be a lot of fun. I think for gamers, it's going to, they're going to enjoy it. And, you know, I know I definitely enjoyed the dirt tracks, uh, on, on Forza as well. And, you know, I'm just excited. I, I'm excited. I think a lot of people are really going to enjoy uh, the, the uh, rally addition to, to Forza.
1: Absolutely. So we will rev up our engines and jump into that one at some point in the future, John. But yeah, I'm excited. I, I have a feeling I think some of my hesitation outside of it not being kind of out there and fantasy like for an expansion to kind of differ itself um, from what we got with the Hot Wheels expansion. I think my other hesitation is just knowing how many times I'm going to spin that car out trying to go around tracks uh, as That's well as switching those terrains like you mentioned. So uh, it'll, be, it'll be a track that I probably use the rewind button on quite a bit uh, once that one does eventually drop again later in March on March 29th. Last but not least, for the gaming news this week, just one I want to shout out. So we've been keeping an eye on these different independent studios that have popped up. Uh, this one in particular, I think, is going to be one to watch, and that is LOD or Alody Games. I don't 100% know how to pronounce it. Uh, there are a lot of Riot game veterans over there behind the makers of League of Legends. Uh, they were involved in some of the other Riot projects as well, uh, but most of them coming from that League of Legends background. This one is a new game that they have now gave us a code name, not an official name, uh, but it will be going by Project Skies for now. Uh, they are hyped to announce it. They kind of talk a little bit about what to expect. It's going to be a co-op action RPG game set in the fantasy universe. Uh, so we're looking at stuff like a Diablo, a Path of Exile, a similar style to those being action RPGs. For the old time gamers out there, Gauntlet, if you guys remember that one. Uh, for our boomers per se, uh, but overall I feel like there is some good movement in that genre, Diablo has kind of dominated it in recent years, Path of Exile made some noise as well, um, but I feel like something else with a little bit more of a lighter take, with Path of Exile and Diablo kind of taking that darker, uh, almost demonic in a sense, fiery type of path, I think there is some room for something a little bit more Uh, I don't want to say happy but hopeful Uh, something a little bit more playful and fantasy like and I think this could come in there and almost be like a Genshin Impact in a sense and kind of find a way within that like Genshin Impact happy goes lucky but also challenging uh, aspects to it hopefully not a gotcha system game Um, but they do mention there will be new places stories and playable champions to be added regularly as well So it does sound like uh, there will be some kind of live service aspects to it. And I don't 100% know how that's going to roll in as far as like microtransactions go. Uh, If John can buy 10 skins for Lux within the game, or if that does not end up rolling that way, uh, we'll have to wait and see. But it does seem like an interesting take on the ARPG genre. And I'm excited to see again what this studio full of some pretty big name veterans is going to produce.
0: And Joey, not only that, you can see the right influence on this screenshot we have on screen right now on Twitch. Uh, That... Cute little fluffy person on top of what I think is a seed or something is Timo's cousin. 100%. <laughs> that is Timo's cousin. It's got the hat on. It's got the goggles on. That is a scout, a Yordle scout spinoff, if you will. 100% related to Timo.
1: There you go. Wow. Yeah, Timo's relation in the And they say champions as well, playable champions. You're you' kidding go. me? That is just riot influence, just bleeding on through to this game. So again, Elody Games or LED Games, however you want to pronounce it, it is definitely one to keep an eye on. And this game is still probably a while away. Again, still using a project name, still only kind of give us some concept art, not really diving much more into what it actually involves. So we're probably looking at uh, 2025, maybe at the earliest would be my guess, maybe even a little bit later. Um, but definitely one to keep an eye on with amongst all these indie game studios popping up from industry veterans. Next up, and last but not least in today's show, we're going to slide on over into eSports. It has been a little bit of a lighter week as far as championships and tournaments going on, as a lot of them did wrap up in the past couple weeks in February. Uh, But unfortunately, there has been one big piece of news, and it's been a sad one at that. Uh, On top of FaZe Clan just continuing to decline in the stock market, the Guard, the ownership group behind the LA Gorillas in the CDL and the LA Gladiators of the Overwatch League, have laid off almost all of their employees. Uh, it sounds like that includes corporate as well. So that C-suite getting dropped all the way down to a number of their lower level employees from social media managers to marketing brand managers uh, to player managers pretty much throughout the whole organization. Uh, a lot of people unfortunately losing their jobs this week. For now, they are still fielding teams in multiple esports, but they are looking to sell franchise spots, including those that we mentioned in the CDL and Overwatch League. Uh, John, unfortunately, this is a trend that's not new to just the guard. It's been kind of sweeping esports the last couple months and really over the past year at this point. And it's not only affecting the organizations, but we're seeing it affect some leagues as well with the way they're adjusting schedules to try to pull in new viewership and sponsors. Um, But orgs in particular are having a hard time kind of keeping up uh, with where salaries have gone. Esports has grown as a big buzzword. And with that, a lot of these player salaries have ballooned to honestly unsustainable rates at this point. And with them being hard to sustain, we're starting to see the decline of certain esports orgs, teams, games, everything of the like. Uh, Unfortunately, the guard being the most recent victim here.
0: Yeah. And I mean, you know, with you know, some of the flack that the traditional e-sport um, leagues get, the, the traditional sport esports, I should say, um, the flack they get from the e-sport community. The one thing that they do decently is have a sustainable salary cap. And when you take a look at the NBA 2K League, uh, the player salary, uh, I would argue, is too low. Uh, If you're drafted in the first round, I believe it's like $37,000 for that season. Again, that's roughly six months. And then if you're drafted in any other round, it's at $35,000 for that season. Uh, You do get benefits from your teams and everything like that. Um, But when you take a look at that in comparison to what your Overwatch League players are getting paid, to what your League of Legends players are getting paid, to what... Uh, you know, Call of Duty pros are getting paid. Even Halo pros are getting paid. That is incredibly low compared to what everyone else is making. Then on top of it, uh, the other traditional esport leagues out there have multiple tournaments per year that you can have multiple attempts to win and get more money. When you take a look at like the NBA 2K league, you really only have, um, the banner tournament, uh, the banner chain tournaments, uh, that uh you can win and get money from the nba 2k league championship and now 3v3 so uh you only get a, a few opportunities but even then the prize pool in the 2k league is a lot smaller than in comparison to the traditional esport leagues out there so uh, there is a massive massive bubble out there and it's something that i know joey has mentioned multiple times here on level up is it, it's at a point where it's not sustainable uh Yes, it it sucks when we have to report on, you know, the guard, you know, essentially laying everybody off, uh, the LA Gladiators looking to sell their spot, um, you know, in, uh, Overwatch League, uh, their, uh, CDL team as well. And it really sucks when you realize the person that owns the guard is the same person that owns the LA Rams that also owns, uh, Sports teams that I'm a major fan of. My my Stanley Cup champion, uh, Colorado Avalanche, uh, the Denver Nuggets. Uh, you take a look at uh, he also owns Arsenal. Yeah. So, so like, if you're taking a look at like major uh, sports teams around the world that are worth even more than those two previous ones, he owns Arsenal, who is in battle for the top spot in the English Premier League. That's absolutely freaking insane. His net worth is almost $13 billion. And oh, yeah, by the way, His wife is the heir to the Walmart fortune. So when you take a look into account of that, he technically has links to the Denver Broncos also. The the dude has money. Is this a case of a rich person cutting his losses? Most likely. He didn't see an income. He didn't see the profit coming in. We've talked about Overwatch League and the struggle that they've been going through and all the reports of, of teams looking for legal action against Blizzard. Uh, in terms of uh, return on investment and what was promised, and the money that was bought in, there it, it's a really turbulent time in esports right now. With the state of the current economy in the United States, and how much esports has blown up in the past five, six, seven years, even maybe ten, fifteen years, it's the spending's gotten out of hand. Like if you're a baseball fan. You're familiar with this. There's no salary cap in baseball, and people are signing nine-year deals for almost $400 million. That's not sustainable for the long term, especially with dwindling attendance. What was that? Overwatch League had dwindling viewership also? There you go. It's a recipe for disaster. It happens in traditional sports. It's currently happening in in esports. You back that with a bad economy, and, and this is what you see it's unfortunate i feel incredibly awful for the people that have been laid off from their jobs living out their dream their passion of getting a job and working in esports it's just all around a very
1: turbulent time in esports at the moment and i think it's one of those things that comes back to like the successful esports we see out there are esports that start with the game and then eventually the esports scene forms out of the game with stuff like the Overwatch League. It was set and it launched at the same point as the game. They had already had minor league teams working their way up. And sure, it's because esports is a buzzword. Esports is all around us worldwide, especially over in Asia, where a lot of these teams initially started, uh, South Korea being where a lot of them were home based out of initially. But if you look at successful ones, and again, I hate to bring them up in every example, but it feels like Riot Games just does it right. They start with the game. The focus is on balancing the game. Not only balancing it on a pro level, but balancing the game for everyone the best they can to kind of take that balanced approach. And we've seen League of Legends come out with probably the best esports scene in the world because of that. We've seen Valorant come off. And yes, while there was some esports aspects up front, They built them off of partly of a successful model of what we saw with League of Legends, combined with a successful model of what was available in CSGO, the most similar game to what Valorant was trying to become. So they're going off not from scratch because they already have this model with League of Legends as well as this model with CSGO that the game is very similar to and kind of combining them together into something that could succeed. And then from there, getting feedback from the organizations, from the players, from the coaches, not only saying, hey guys, this is what it's going to be, Let's build this together. And I think that's something where Blizzard in particular has lacked. I mean, you could argue Microsoft has lacked there as well with the HCS. Uh, You can argue a lot of the different esports scenes out there that are not run by Riot Games have kind of taken this lackluster approach where they've kind of either forced certain changes or they've decided to make decisions maybe a little bit earlier than the community was ready for them. And that's a lot of what we're seeing here with Overwatch League. And a lot of these owners, and I think a lot of this comes back on them, sure, there were promises out there that are not being made. But these owners also didn't do their research. They're like, hey, we have millions of billions of dollars to throw out of things, and esports is a huge buzzword, and let's buy in while we can. There are some owners out there who are hesitant, um, like the Leonsises, for example, uh, with Monumental. They were given opportunities to buy into the Overwatch League, and they decided not to. They didn't see the investment there at the time. While well, we've seen some other owners buy into it, um, all the way up from your Robert Crafts up there at the New England Patriots, uh, down to Stan Kroenke over there in L.A., so, it's one of those things where different owners were willing to make that investment. And most of the ones in particular leagues, like the Overwatch League and the CDL, have not quite panned out the way they expected to. Will they in the future? Possibly. Uh, I think there's a lot riding on this Microsoft acquisition. A lot of these owners are expecting that to hopefully turn the tables a bit with funding. But I would say, hey, guys, don't look too far. Uh, Their flagship in Halo and the HCS, while it had a great initial year, uh, it has definitely fallen off since then. And I think the biggest issue with that one is similar to what Blizzard's going through right now, where the game just wasn't treated well. Overwatch went how many months, John? Four, five, six months without new characters? And now we do have Overwatch 2. But like Halo, all these big patches and all these new champions and heroes and such are coming out after the population started to die down. And it's so much harder to bring people back at that point. So it's one of those things where, uh, unfortunately, we see stuff like this happening. The guard will not be the last one that falls. Uh, the guard will also not be the last one leading into leagues that fall. I think some of these other leagues, while they might not be crumbled completely, uh, will definitely see a downturn in the investments in them, whether those be from sponsors, whether those be from orgs, whatever it may be. Uh, I think esports as a whole, like you mentioned, it is kind of a bubble at this point, and we're starting to see that bubble burst a little bit as market correction makes its way through.
0: Yeah, it, it, it's just tough. And, uh, you know, it's not just the big name esport leagues that are going through as well. When you take a look at just the trend of video game in itself, like take a look at, at Apex. When Apex first came out, it was great. It challenged Fortnite. It was something different. It, it shadow dropped overnight. It was just there. And EA didn't really do anything with it for a couple months. And that was the downfall is if you're going to have a live service game It has to be live service, period. Going forward, you can't afford to take months off. I mean, take a look at at, at League of Legends, like Riot. They have a patch like every two weeks. They're constantly correcting stuff. They're constantly putting out skins. They're constantly putting out champions, which is a little too many. But they're constantly doing things to keep the game different, to keep something new rolling out. And if there's going to be a little bit of a lull between now and the next patch, they tell you and they give you a roadmap. If you communicate with the gamers out there, they'll be happy. They'll understand. People aren't, gamers aren't horrible people. And it's the gamers that are probably going to watch esports also. That's going to be a good chunk of your viewership. If you have a game that is attracting gamers to play, like Overwatch, and then you go months, years without any update to your game whatsoever and then you have an esport league and you wonder why no one's watching and no one's playing your game then all of a sudden you flip the switch and say hey we're gonna start throwing content back out we're gonna start making this a live service game again now you're fighting to get those people back after two months three months a year two years of them finding other games or other media outlets that filled that time that they wanted to be playing your game in whether it's another video game whether it's Netflix, whether it's Disney Plus, whether it's HBO Max, whether it's any kind of subscription-based multimedia or video game or whatever, there is a lot fighting for the individual player's time. You cannot, as a developer, as an esport league, take a month off or more and expect everything to be fine it doesn't work that way we've seen it time and time again and we're finally seeing it come to fruition now where a lot of these leagues and a lot of these games have gone too far or not far enough in some cases and here we are we're struggling yes the finances are there as well but the viewership has been dipping for years
1: for years outside of league of legends four years dropping like crazy and it's something that we just don't know what that trend is going to look like again salaries kind of ballooning We've seen spectator counts go down, profits from sponsors going down, but it's definitely something to watch. Again, I don't think it'll hit fully rock bottom. I think it will recover at some point, but it's one of those things where the market has to correct itself. People yeah. are being paid way too much money for the amount of income coming into these organizations, coming into these leagues, and it's just not feasible at the current rate.
0: Yeah, and, and, the, and like you said the, uh, in chat here, the whole thing with China too. With Blizzard pulling out of China with uh, that licensing agreement coming to an end, do you really think people that played Overwatch in, in China are going to now watch the Overwatch League because of it? No, they're ticked off. They're absolutely ticked off. They're not going to watch the the race to Worlds first in any new raid that comes out for World of Warcraft because they don't have access to their characters that they've spent years with playing that game. China's going to revolt against that, and we're going to see that in the drop of viewership continuing going forward. It's just a lot of... of Bad news and sadness all over esports at the moment. It's, it's just a very rough and
1: turbulent time. Absolutely. But we will keep an eye on it and continue to report back to you guys for those looking for some esports to watch this weekend on top of LEC playoff action and some other nice events here and there that occur regularly on the weekends. We also have a special event for Halo that is HCS Charlotte kicking off February 24th through the 26th to kick off the HCS season two scene Uh, again speaking of turbulent esports scenes. This one started off with Killer Viewership last year, has since then dropped off, and it's seen spikes here and there, um, but it has seen some big orgs leave as well. E-United ended up leaving, Fnatic ended up leaving, uh, and G2 notably. Since then, they've added a couple esports that have come back. Luminosity was one of the bigger orgs that just recently re-entered the scene. So it is a bit of a revolving door with some organizations. Uh, A lot of the ones that ended up leaving cited a clear-cut way of continuing to expand the scene. Uh, One, because the player counts were down across the scene, but also for the teams that were not currently partners, HTS didn't really give a clear path to partnership. Uh, It seemed a little open-ended from what Tashi was sending out, and that was one of the biggest complaints for this kind of smaller to mid-tier orgs that were looking for paths to that partnership. Uh, unfortunately just not able to find it and decided to exit the scene instead. Um, but overall I do enjoy watching some halo John. I know you and I enjoyed going to Raleigh last year to watch the kickoff event live. Hopefully this kickoff event will deliver as well. Um, but there are some kind of sus bugs out there. Unfortunately, that sound like they will be in the build here, uh, in typical halo fashion under 343. Yeah.
0: I mean, the only downside of the Raleigh event
1: last year was all the game five
0: restarts. Um, um, which was awful, because we would get 98% of the way through the match, and it would crash, and we'd have to do it all over again. And it happened multiple times. Joe, I think there was even one match, I forget who was playing. We left to go get dinner and came back, and it was still map five. Um, that We were gone for like an hour and a half, two hours to have, to have dinner. It was absolutely nuts. Uh, that can't happen <laughs> again, ever, period. And it is, so... Yeah, it, it, stop, stop it. Just get it right. Just get it right, please.
1: Absolutely. Processing. So we'll see what happens. Um, but for now, I think it is time to wrap up today's show. We've touched on quite a bit of gaming news as well as some nice esports action at the end there. And on top of that, John, we have some League of Legends to play after today's show, right? No, absolutely <laughs> not. You've been trying all
0: day to get me to play League of Legends. It's right. not going to happen uh, at all. I, I have
1: uh, no desire to, to play that game right now. Well, we'll see if that changes between now and the close. And speaking of which, go ahead and take us right into it.
0: All right, Nation. Joey thinks we're going to go play League of Legends. He's uh, he's in for a surprise. Uh, but what's not a surprise is it is time for the end of the show because that does it for this edition of Level Up Live. Before you go, make sure to follow the show on Twitch and catch the next episode of Level Up Live on Twitch. If you listen to the show on our podcast feed, stop by Twitch one day. Or just listen on the podcast. That's fine, too. But make sure you do leave us a review. The Level Up podcast is available on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, and your podcatcher of choice. Just look us up. We would love to hear from you. In fact, we'd love to hear from
1: our community so much. There are multiple ways for you to reach out to us. Joey, what are some of those ways? Absolutely, Level Up Nation. Head on over to Twitter and find us at Level Up Live. That is LVL UP Live. In addition to that, you can follow the umbrella company, OTN Media, as well on Twitter and Facebook at OTN Media, as well as on Instagram, at OTN underscore media. Last but not least, hit us up with a follow, maybe even a Twitch Prime sub over here on Twitch. This show live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern time, found at twitch.tv forward slash OTN Media. Other streams throughout the week as well. All right, make sure you tune in next
0: week, Thursday, March 2nd, the first show of March, as we continue to cover the latest and greatest in gaming and esports news. Do your ears and eyes a favor. Hit that sub and follow button. To know when the next episode of Level Up Live is ready for your entertainment pleasures. We'll catch you all next week. Enjoy your weekend. Remember, be nice to your fellow gamers online. And as always, Level Up.